Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. All right. So we're in the middle of our series, Solid Ground, at the moment, and uh, so we're going to get into that again today. There's an article in the New Zealand Herald just yesterday, a really interesting article, and it said this. Um, it was about a surge in couples getting engaged after lockdown. Yeah. This is what it said. These were back-to-back sentences. It says, get the champagne on ice, Kiwi lovebirds. <laughs> a recent spike in engagement ring sales has proven that love is most certainly in the air post-lockdown. Very next sentence. But, (laughs) with recent reports claiming that more couples have been seeking separation advice during lockdown, it appears that all this time stuck inside together has been make or break for Kiwi couples. You know, one of the great challenges in life is keeping our relationships healthy. And you know what that is, why that is? It's because the other person in the relationship has problems. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the time for saying amen. And because the other person in the relationship (laughs) isn't perfect, from time to time they may say something dumb or hurtful, or they may do something dumb or hurtful, and there's always the possibility of us saying or doing something dumb or hurtful in response. You know, relationships only work because people commit to staying in relationship and working at it, not because people in the relationship are 100% awesome all the time. You know, the, uh, with my role as pastor, and uh, I know others do um, w- weddings as well as marriage celebrants, uh, most uh, couples these days write their own vows. But the traditional vows would say we're... They would be saying, I do, and they would be saying, for better or for worse, in sickness and health, for richer or poorer. And we could add, you know, on holiday or in times of when work is full on. We could add in times of study or in times of Netflix. You know, we could add in times of sleeplessness due to young kids crying in the night. And we could add in times of sleeplessness because of our young teenagers out at night and we're worrying about them. We could add in times of global pandemics and in times of lockdown. So we we had a lockdown, remember? We had a lockdown. And you were with the key people in your life 
all day, every day. And uh, that's a real test on families and relationships. It's a real test. You know, I heard from many of you, it was, I'd ask how to go. Like, uh, like I was, my real question was, how did it really go? But like, like how to go? And like, and some of you, you passed with flying colours, and it's great. And but some of you struggled. Yeah, you know, you'd be thinking things like, you know, I I love you, but I I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Just not used to spending that much time with the important people in our life. It wasn't always easy. Yeah, you know, I. I cooked, I cooked the favourite dish for everyone on one night and, you know, it was a bean dish and then the next day, it's like everyone was home, like beans, the next day, like all day, the whole family. It was bad. It's like, you know, yeah, my dad, he thinks he's funny and he was just, just all day, dad jokes, all day long, dad, you're driving me crazy. My wife, she's so much more chatty than me. And, you know, when I was at work during the day, she'd find other people to chat to. And in lockdown, <laughs> it was just... You know, kids getting sick of their parents and parents getting impatient with kids. And like, you know, having to homeschool and then trying to work. And then, you know, where can I find some quiet? Spouses getting on each other's nerves. Bad habits being magnified. Is anyone married to anyone with a bad habit? <laughs> Just about. There's some hands went up pretty quick there. <laughs> Let me tell you about. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about relationships. How to find some solid ground when our relationships get a little shaky. And, uh, like, this is, this is serious stuff. Like, you know, f- and I know that for some that are here, um, you know, you're in relationships that are very shaky. And so, like, I, I know this is, this is important stuff. And, uh, but we're going to give every one of us some help today with that, okay? But I'd love to pray. I'd love, I'd love for all of us... Just as we pray, just to open your heart. You know, relationships is it's pretty close, close to home, eh? And uh, and I know that there will have been some of you that, on the back of lockdown, it was like, whew, you know, that really did sort of rattle a few cages and um, put a bit of stress on things. And I just love you to open your hearts to what God would want to speak to you and and plant in you, because God is so for you and your relationship. Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. God, we open our hearts to you this morning. Just going to look at a few things, but God, I pray that, that where we need to hear words for me, God, that, that you open our ears And let us hear what you'd speak to us this morning. God, I pray this morning, God, that you'd plant in us, God, fresh strength and commitment, God, to our relationships. I just, just welcome you, Holy Spirit. 
just come now. I pray that you would touch hearts this morning that are feeling bruised. need to say right up front, like God is for relationships. God is in the most incredible, beautiful relationship, this, this holy trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and the, uh, some of you will have uh, know of or read the book, The Shack, which is a fictional story just around the, the beauty of the relationship that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has. I'd encourage you to, to read it. And, uh, and God also, he enters into covenantal relationships with, with people, with his people. I mean, Simeon talked to, to us about that last week in, uh, as, we, as he led us in communion. He wants to be strongly connected to us. He wants this relationship and friendship with us. And he also invites us into great committed relationships with each other. He's saying, you know, this will be good for you. It's not good for people to be alone. Friendship, marriage, family. And look, as we look at this today, look, I just want to say up front, I know that some of you have had relationships that haven't survived. I, I, I know that. And you may know the reasons why, and, uh, or it may have just drifted into that place. And, and we know that for you, that there will have been hurt and, and pain on that journey and, uh, and you just need to know this morning that you are deeply loved by God. You're deeply loved by God. And you are deeply loved by us. You know, I really mean that. You're loved by God and you're loved by us and you're very welcome here. You're very welcome here. But we all need to hear this, is that relationships are what we are made for. You know, I had the, um, the real joy of being at, um, you know, like Caden and Eden's wedding. I don't even know if, engagement, wedding, engagement. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that comes first. The engagement party, just last weekend. And, um, I mean, what a joy, you know, the young love. It's just uh, commitment, <laughs> wedding stress. Um, and like we, and we've always encouraged engaged couples. It's like, you know, get some coaching to help you deal with the key areas in any relationship because you just don't know what you don't know. And uh, getting skills and understanding around things like communication and, and, and what makes you stressed and conflict resolution and financial management and sex and roles, you know, who does what, like faith beliefs, uh, children and parenting, families, friends. And if you're engaged or, or, or married um, and have never got some coaching around these things, it is so good. It's invaluable, really. Like, even reading this, I'm thinking, like, like we should do this again soon. We should do, you know, like, might fix Jacinda. <laughs> <laughs> like, she'll be thinking, it's not, it's not me that needs fixing, you know, like, man, just like. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, we've had some, some rocky patches in our marriage. We were... Um, 
We, we did two years in Los Angeles when we were working for the Anaheim Vineyard Church. And we were there, we, um, we knew that we were called to ministry and we wanted to just learn and just throw ourselves into things and really busy time. And our, 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 um, we had our, our daughter, uh, Rebecca, was just like in the second year we were there, she was just um, you know, about a year and a half old. And, and um, I just came home one day and, and Jacinda says to me, she says, you know, I really don't like you anymore. I'm like, and like instantly, like three things came into my head, like instantly. And like the first one was like, how could anyone not like me? I'm like, everyone likes me. And then the second thing is like, how have I not noticed this? <laughs> like, well, that things have not been going well. I've just, you know. And the third thing I remember thinking was like, this sounds like a lot of hard work coming up. And, uh, and then she says, she said to me, she said, I think I need to get away for a few days. And I'm thinking, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Um, I'm just thinking, uh, like, again, you know, I'm like, man, I just, I don't want to be in the house with a grumpy wife. I'm like, um, and, um, but I knew that that would be good too, because I, I needed some space to get my head around, like, my stuff. And, uh, and, you know, we were, so that was an interesting time, and we worked it out. We're still together. It's just, we just, like, just, like, about three weeks ago, celebrated 30 years uh, married. And, um, yeah, I know you're thinking, like, wow, you know, like, how did they do that with all of those things going on? Um, but it's about commitment. It's about choosing to go, like, okay, we're in this. So, like, this morning, like, I mean, the title here is, like, Finding Solid Ground When Relationships Shake. Like, it would be so easy to just Google, like, great relationship advice, and you'd get hundreds of, like, things come up and like most of them would probably be really good ideas like some of them would be like that's a dumb idea but like most of them would be would be good and so so this morning is not about like it's your lucky day in the next 20 minutes I'm going to tell you things that are going to be like all you're ever going to need to hear or know about having great relationships it's just again it's just bringing this up for us and allowing us as we're God's people together, just to be open to maybe the, what God might be speaking to us. That would be, it's always my hope on Sundays is that when we come together, that, that each one of us would go away just with something that has landed that we feel like this is important for me in this time. So I'm just going to talk about a few things, and I'm actually not, I might not even get through everything that I've got down here because I really want to, um, I'll give you, give you a warning. Um, I want to pray blessing on relationships this morning, and I want to make sure we leave, make we don't rush that, okay? So, um, so I may finish my message short, just so that we can have some time, just to be to pray and invite the God's presence and power to to really bless you. So, but here's a few things that I will share, and again, these are just like I say, four out of you know a hundred. Um, that would be worth um, talking about. But this is what I felt to share this morning. And the first one that I think is so, so helpful for all of us if we're finding our relationships is a little bit shaky is to own your side of the problem. Own your side of the problem. Now, Jesus said this in his great 
sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Yeah, that same scriptures from the Message Bible. Again, sometimes I like the Message Bible. You know that the Bible wasn't written in English originally. Does everyone know that? It was written in Hebrew, the Old Testament mainly, and Greek, the New Testament mainly. So it's been translated into English. And it was first translated into English, well, the first time it was like done and everyone got it was the King James Bible back in about 1612. Google that up, see how close I was. Um, and, but if you've ever read a King James Bible, it's like they talk like they did like 400 years ago. It's different, and language changes. And so most of the time when I do scriptures, it's from the New International Version. It's quite an accurate translation. Um, and, uh, but the Message Bible is more of a to get the same message um, in more contemporary language. So just wanted to throw that out there. So I find the Message Bible quite helpful sometimes just to give me a different perspective on what the Scripture's trying to say. And in the Message Bible, that's, uh, it says this. It says, don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you? When your own face is distorted by contempt, wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Now, it's owning your side of the problem. It's like starting with yourself. If there's an issue that comes up in a relationship, if it's 25% your fault and 75% their fault, you think like it's their fault. But like, own, just, just own your 25%. Take the plank out of our own eye first. Now, there's a band I used to, used to listen to lots uh, back in the 80s, um, Dire Straits. Western Springs, 1983, anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, woo! They sang a song called Solid Rock. One of the verses went like this. It says, because the heart that you break, that's the one you rely on. The bed that you make, that's the one you gotta lie on. When you point your finger, because your plan fell through, you got three more fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you always have a part to play in any problem. And you've got to figure out your part and own your part. Own your part. Apologize for it. Ask for forgiveness for it. Working on fixing it so that you don't keep doing it again. You know, you, you can't make someone own their part. You can ask them to, but you can't make them. But you can own yours. And that's one thing I'd want to say to this one is like, own your part of the problem. Have I got a plank in my eye that I need to get rid of? Okay, here's, here's a, another thing that I want to throw out there, and this is around marriages, is um, don't use the D word. 
And a lot of people find seasons when they are unhappy in their relationships and they wonder if they have signed up for a life of misery. And they just want to jump ship and get divorced. The D word. You know, I knew that marriage would be hard, but like I didn't know it would be this hard. And there will be hard seasons, but commitment is through thick and thin. And when it, when it gets hard, you choose to stay. You do the mahi, you do the work. You don't go to the D word. You don't, don't use the D word as, a, as, a, as an option or as a threat or like, I'm, in my role as pastor, I get to hear some, some of your stories. And de- like, I'm just so proud of some of our um, couples in our church that have had some, had some really hard seasons. And they have worked, did the work to get through it. And, you know, Jesus taught about the heart of, of divorce and relationships. And this is actually, this, if you're going through the New Testament in a year that we're hopefully all doing together, um, uh, today, this is today's scripture, um, Matthew 19. So some of you may have already um, read this this morning. But Matthew 19, again, it's uh, Jesus with the Pharisees. Pharisees were the religious people, but they were um, not very soft of heart. Some Pharisees came to him to to test him, and they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied to Jesus, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then? They're trying to to trap Jesus. They're trying to, you know. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. God's heart is for relationships to last, for marriages to work, for everyone to work, everyone to work to keep marriages together. That says, let no one separate because it is good. And like, like sometimes a divorce is necessary to prevent harm. Okay, I know that there's, there's a lot of scriptures about divorce and a lot of people will, will read them in different ways, but sometimes a divorce is necessary to prevent harm. But don't be hasty. Don't jump to the D word. You know, I was reading a, uh, uh, an article uh, from a psychologist this week and they said, they're talking about um, divorce and relationships, and it's one thing I read, it said that you won't know the costs of a breakup until you have left, you know, the, the, the grief, the impact on the kids, the financial loss, and just the, just the heartache, and uh, it said this, it said a lot of people who are down the track after signing the divorce settlement say, if only I had known then what I know now, I would have tried harder to save my marriage. Keep away from the D word. I know this is tough talking about this because I know that some of you, that has been your, um, your experience. And 
Like, there, there is no judgment here. You are, you are loved. But at the same time, my role as pastor, I need to call us forward to, like, to, to what is good and right. When it, like, if we're in relationships, I need to call us to what is good, you know, to what God has said. This is, this is good. Third thing I want to talk about The enemy is the enemy. Not the person that you're in relationship with. The enemy is the enemy. Who's the enemy? 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, and it's not your husband or your wife or your business partner or your friend. or Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Your enemy is the devil, and your real enemy is looking for trouble. Now, Jesus talked about the devil. He said, John 8, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And again, in John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. There are forces at work that are trying to destroy your relationships. Spiritual forces of darkness that are at work trying to destroy your relationships. You need to stop and team up and fight the real enemy. Not to fight each other. So let's get on the same side. Remember, you love each other. You chose each other. We committed to be together. Let's fight the real enemy. And the, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, again, in that great Sermon on the Mount, um, and uh, Jesus told us to pray. He's, and he said, deliver us from evil, or, or deliver us from the evil one. Paul, the apostle in Ephesians, take your stand against the devil's schemes. Timothy, in, in, the, in the Bible, you know, talks about escaping the devil's traps. James says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Team up. When you're feeling like you're, in a, you're against the enemy and it's, you're looking at someone's eyes and you think you're the enemy, they're not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. Team up. Fight the real enemy together. Fourth thing I've got for you when it comes to if our relationships are shaky, and I'd say this, I'd say get the right input. Get the right input. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 27, 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Now, here's a few truths about getting, getting the right input. You can find advice online to back up any opinion you have. Like, if, you wanna, if you've got an opinion, you want to find someone to, say, to, to support you and back you up, then you'll, you'll be able to find it. Okay, so that's one thing you need to know. The second thing, and this, you need to hear this, is that like a lot of your friends will care more about you liking them than about telling you the truth. 
and they may not tell you the truth and because they're scared that, it's a, that you might think that you're, they're being judged or you don't like them anymore and they might push you away and, you're, you're, and, they're, and they're scared of being pushed away so they don't actually say things. And like, how do I know this? Because I hear it. I hear people talking about their friends and I'll say, like, have you told them that? And they go, no, I, I like it. Couldn't, couldn't do that. And your friends may tell you. So that's one thing. There's a couple of things that's important to know. Another thing that's important to know is that your friends may tell you to take the easy path, even if it's not the right path, because that's the path that your friends would take because they, don't wanna, they would rather do that than do the hard work of, of the right thing. You know, and the easy path can be the quitting path. I read this week that research has shown that if your if your uh, circle of friends and your social circle, if they are predominantly made up of people that have been divorced, there's such a high probability that you will get divorced as well. I'm like whoa! Ask yourself this: Are the people closest to you cheering for your relationships, or are they cheering for you to walk away? Do your friends give you wisdom or are they only trying to make you feel better by saying, do the easy thing? I I don't know. I don't know all your friends. I'm just saying that these are important things to think about. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And if you're the friend and you're thinking, I probably need to tell my friends what they need to hear. Tell your friends what they need to hear. And, and you think like, I did that once and it went really bad. Well, it's like, like seriously, it's like playing the guitar. The more you do it, the better you get. Like seriously, if you did it once and it was like, ah, oh, when I tried, I had a good heart and it just didn't go that well. It was clumsy and, and like it wouldn't get received that well. I just encourage you just, Keep doing it. Learn from what went well and what didn't and become, oh, like the friends I've got in my life that tell me when I'm a buffhead, they are, my, they are so, so helpful to me. Like, you know, after about 60 seconds, like, <laughs> the, the first 60 seconds, like, ah, really? It's like, because I know they love me, I know they're for me. Proverbs 19, no, Proverbs 27. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. If you're on the receiving end of people telling you stuff, is this your friend? Do they love you? Wounds from a friend can be trusted. You know what I mean by that? When they say hard things, it's like, oh, that hurt. It's just a friend trying to help you. Proverbs 19, listen to advice and accept discipline and at the end you will be counted among the wise. And if you haven't got friends that give you good advice, well, who do you, who do you talk to? This is where the church is awesome. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Everybody, I know, if, you, if you've got someone sleeping next to you, just wake them up. Okay, like, if you can, everyone just stand up. And do a 360, that's all the way around. 
and then sit back down again. And like, what an awesome bunch of people we've got here that you've just had a look at. Like, seriously, like, like there's so many people here that are living great lives. And if you want to know who to talk to, here's something, like, just another, like, yes, so much good advice that you get on Sundays. Like, have a, have a look at someone's life, and with, if you look at them and you think, like, their lives are going good, then their lives are lives that I, I'd like my life to look like that. Then why don't you take a deep breath and go, like, go and say to them, hey, like, I just like the way that you do life and, you know, would, could we, like, get together sometime and talk about, uh, talk about some things and, and I could get your advice and get your input on it? And my guess is, is that they would be delighted to be able to um, play a part to make a difference. So, And just on this thing of getting the right input, uh, again, I've say, I say this a lot, but, like, Good counselors are just so, so helpful. They've been trained to help you. They're skilled in helping you. Just so, so good. And, and you know, often people that are in tough situations with a relationship, they'll say, this is like a last resort. And, but counselors, when they see people, when they know they're the last resort, but like they have made a difference. You know, it's when you can't sort of DIY yourself out of a mess, get the experts involved, and, and relationships can get saved. Not all of them, but, but a lot of them. There's a couple other things I was going to talk about. One of them was going to talk about learn how to fight well. Because like you, if you're together with people, like you're, you're going to have a, like a, you know, a fight at some point. But, you got, anyway, but we're not going to go into that. Um, now, I, I will give you this one thing that I re, uh, read this week was... Um, uh, you've heard of Billy Graham, the great evangelist? And like um, someone came to talk to his wife, Ruth, at, uh, at one point. And he was talking to her. It's like, you know, remember when Billy did that really dumb thing? And, and like, yeah, that was like, you know, she, he says, like, well, you know, what do you do with that? You know, when he did such a dumb thing. And this is how she responded. She said, I distinctly remember choosing to forget that. And that's all right, isn't it? And of course, forgiveness is, we talk about forgiveness a lot. You know, we've been forgiven. And we need to learn to forgive. And I'm not going to go into that now, because I do really want to pray for people. Why, why, don't we, um, why don't we stand? Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Orewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.